Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Matthew chapter number 24, verse number 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood, uh, until the flood came, and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And I want to preach on this thought this morning with the help of the Lord: a warning from Jesus. A warning. From Jesus, you that has a red letter Bible notes that these letters are in red and it is Jesus speaking to us here in Matthew chapter number 24. Father, I love you this morning and I thank you God so much for your mercy and your grace. I thank you God for first loving us. God, the only reason we can love you is because you first loved us. I thank you for our church. I thank you, Lord, for a great Sunday school hour this morning. I thank you, God, for the choir singing, the special singing. God, I thank you, Lord, for letting them sing the song that they did in the special. God, thank you, Lord, that you have always been faithful. I pray, God, now that as we attempt to preach your word, God, that you would, Father, help us and lead us and guide us. Lord, help us to preach every word that you would have us to say. And God, help us to say nothing that is not ordained by you. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd move and work in the hearts of the hearers. If there's anybody here today lost, I pray, God, that you'd save them. Anybody here out of your will, bring them back close to you again, and we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name, that name that's above every name we pray it. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. I completely understand. Um, you that knows your Bible understand what I'm saying this morning. I understand where we are at in the context of the Scripture. I understand all the prophecy that can be brought out of the ascent. Um, I understand the verses prior to it. I understand what he is saying in verse 32, 33, 34, 35. We could talk about the nation of Israel. We could talk about May the 14th. 1948 when the nation of Israel was formed again and become a nation again. Uh, we can deal with all of that and the prophetical side of all of that this morning, uh, but I simply want to give you a just a basic thought uh, on the coming of the Lord uh, out of these verses today. This week I was sitting at the house and uh, um, uh, I guess it was Tuesday or Wednesday one and um, I was sitting there and I got a text message from a good friend uh, and here is what it said. Do you think the end of time is near? Do you think the end of time is near? 
Immediately I responded to that, and here is what I said. I believe that it is so close that if we really knew how close it was, it would scare us to death. I really believe the coming of the Lord is at hand today. Now I understand that ever since Acts chapter number 1 verse number 9 uh, when Jesus ascended back into the heavens uh, that they have been preaching uh, that the Lord is coming back. And can I say something to you? He is coming back. You say well preacher they said then uh, that the coming of the Lord was at hand. Well hear me and hear me well. We're over 2,000 years closer uh, than we was then. I I believe the coming of the Lord is at hand. I believe that if we've ever done anything for God, if we've ever been a witness for God, if we've ever junked our plans and done what God wanted us to do, we better do it in the day that we're living in. If we've ever told our lost family about the Lord, we better do it. If we're going to tell our lost friends about the Lord, then we better do it. I believe that the Lord could come back before this service ends. I believe that's how close we are to it. I believe that in all of my heart. I believe that we could go back and we can make an application from the verses prior about that nation of Israel, the year that it was formed again, and this generation not coming to pass until we see the coming of the Lord. It's all right here in the Bible today. I want to give you just a few simple thoughts that Jesus warns us about in Matthew chapter number 24. Now I understand that he says that, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, not even the angels of heaven. I'm not here saying that today before 12 o'clock Jesus is coming. That's not what I'm saying. None of us knows, but I do believe that there is some basic Bible truths that we can see this morning that will identify to us that the coming of the Lord is at hand. You say, well, preacher, do you want him to come today? In one sense, I do. But in another sense, I don't. You say, well, why do you say that? Well, I walked back through there a while ago and Brother Mark had that grandbaby bouncing that grandbaby on his knee uh, uh, smiling bigger than uh, if he had killed a 12-point buck. You know what? I'm not trying to get my children out of the house and, and make my children grow up real fast, but I kindly am looking forward to being a grandpa one day. I know that we are all getting older, Brother Stan, that, and, 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 and we're headed in that direction. I'm looking forward to seeing my kids grow up. But hear me today, in that sense, I would love to see my children grow up. But also in this sense, I believe I'd just soon for the Lord to come back because of what my children's having to grow up in. I'm telling you something, this is not the America that I grew up in. It is not the society that I grew up in. I'm telling you, America is headed to hell in a handbasket. Our country has forsaken God. Now, if you're already quiet on me, I'm, you're going to get real quiet before I get done preaching this morning. 
Our country has forsaken God. It's forsaken the values that our country was founded on. I still thank God for America. I'm still proud to be an American. I still stand when the national anthem is played. I still salute the American flag. If you don't like it, go somewhere else, Hoss. Thank God for America. But it is not what it used to be. Our country was founded on this book right here. That is what America was founded on. I want to say something to you. I am excited about the coming of the Lord when we look at it in that sense. Let me show you a few things this morning. Number one, Jesus warned of his imminent return. His imminent return. I want to say this to you. The word imminent means this. Likely to occur at any moment. He warns of his imminent return. What did he say? He said, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Jesus warns us of his imminent return. Listen to what your Bible said in the book of Revelation. You don't have to turn with me. Let me read it to you quickly. Revelation chapter number 22, verse number 7 says this, Behold, I come quickly. Listen to what he also said in verse number 12. And behold, I come quickly. The imminent return of the Lord. I believe that it is on us. Take your Bible, go back to verse number 5 of chapter number 24 of Matthew. Let's look at a few things here that Jesus gives us about the end times. And let's just do an inventory of our society today and see if any of these things fits in to what's going on today. Matter of fact, it really doesn't matter what I say. It matters what the Bible says. Let's look at this. Uh, look what he said in verse number four. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Jesus warns of his imminent return. Just before the coming of the Lord, there'll be false messiahs. Those who says, I am Christ. Look what the Bible said. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Shall deceive many. And I'm telling you something today. There is a lot of people being deceived by the movements of so-called religion in this world today. They're being deceived. I saw in Brother McKeon this morning, Brother Todd McKeon. And we was talking about this very thing. How so many are attracted to those that has a, a strange religion or a strange atmosphere around them today. They're practically saying, some will say this, come experience the move of God with us. Hear me and hear me well. I can't bring the move of God. Amen. I can't bring. It is God and when he chooses, he warns about false messiahs. Look in verse number six. Look what the Bible said. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. 
listen to this. Wars and rumors of wars. You know what he's saying? Just before the coming of the Lord, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Look around, man. Look around. Look around. Let's just read on. Watch this in verse number 7. For nation shall rise against nation. A worldwide turmoil just before the coming of the Lord. I, I don't know about you. Now, I'm just going to be real honest with you. I hardly ever watch the news. I have more my time and my sanity is more valuable to me than to watch the news. Now, you can say, hey, man, oh, me, you'd be a whole lot better off if you didn't. But I'm going to tell you something. When you glance at it for just a minute today, it's this one rising against that one and that one rising against this one. And wars is, uh, we're going to go to battle with this one and we're going to go to battle with that one. I'm talking about, he warns of his imminent return. These are things that will take place just before the coming of the Lord. Let's read on. What did the Bible say in verse number 7? For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines. There shall be famines. I've I done a little study on this, and here's what I found out. Every 3.6 seconds, someone dies of hunger. There's over 15 million kids every year dies of starvation, famines. But I, I, want you to, I want you to think with me for just a minute this morning. Me and Brother Brian was talking about some things last night, and I want you to think with me for just a minute this morning. How many times lately have you been to the grocery store and things weren't on the shelves like they used to be? Matter of fact, Brother Doug, I've been reading a lot on gardening in the past a little bit. And you know what I'm going to start doing over the next few weeks? Uh, I'm going to plant about an acre garden in the backyard. I think about the, all of our backyard is going to be a garden. And I'm going to put an electric fence around it and seven pit bulls inside of keep people from stealing my food. Are you with me? I'm just being, I'm joking. Well, I ain't joking a whole lot right there. I'm going to have a big old garden this year, but think about it this morning. Think about it. You know, I, I, I've talked to, to people in restaurants, and they've said this, we can't get crackers. We've been without club crackers. Uh, my wife, you don't need to pray for her. She likes skim milk. Skim. Now, b b before... I had to go off a of dairy. I liked it whole. Somebody said there was nothing like going to Oak Grove Market. I need a witness right here. There was nothing like going to Oak Grove Market and getting a bologna, ham, and cheese with lettuce and tomato on it. Bless God, don't put no mayonnaise on it. That gag a maggot on a gut wagon. <laughs> but tomato and lettuce... And, a, and no, no mayonnaise, no mustard, none, no, no, no. I'm preaching, not y'all. This is my story, okay? And a bag of sour cream and onion tater chips. Somebody say, man, not baked. I mean, if you go eat bologna and ham, don't get a Diet Coke. Let me have a, a Whopper with extra cheese a large onion ring, a medium French fry, and a Diet Coke. Really. 
Look here. And one of them little plastic bottles of red top whole milk. Somebody say 100 degrees outside. They wouldn't know no better than that. But now I have to eat cereal with almond milk. You'll try that. It grows on you. But you know what Leslie said over the last little bit? Oh, you can't even hardly find milk. I mean, it ain't even supposed to snow and there ain't no milk. I ain't ever figured that one out. Milk and bread, what are you going to do? Make a milk and bread sandwich? I've never figured that one out. If it's going to snow, I'm going to get ice cream and Oreos. Somebody say amen. Sour cream and onion, tater chips, funyuns. Yeah, praise God. I'm about to go home and eat. There ain't none of that in my house. I'm going to have to go somewhere. My wife's a nutritionist, man. But let's just be honest for a minute. Have you not noticed? Things are starting to get hard to get. Starting to get real hard to get. Brother Brian was talking about at the hospital some of the things that it was just about impossible for them to get anymore. Let's just read on. Watch this. I'm talking about Jesus' warning of his imminent return. He says this. There shall be famines. But look at the next. He says this, and pestilence. I looked that word up and here's what that word means. A deadly epidemic disease. I was talking to a preacher the other day and, and we was talking about church. And, and he, here's what he said, and, and here's what I told him. I said, we're just going to have to, we've had to learn church in a new manner. There's waves of sicknesses now. And there's times that we may go four or five or six months and we're hammered down. And then we may just have to take a month and pull the reins back and let sickness run through the church and then go back at it. But I'm not going to stop church. We had to learn it in a new... Let me tell you the reason why. Because there's been a major epidemic of sickness come through our country. And here's what he said. He said, I never thought two years down the road we'd still be dealing with it. I'm talking about the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what else he says. Watch this. Pestilence. He talks about earthquakes in diverse places. You said, preacher, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying to you this morning. The return of the Lord is imminent. It is on us. It could happen. Hey, look, it could happen before we get out of church today. Number one, Jesus warns of his imminent return. But number two, watch this with me this morning in your Bible. Jesus warns of people's indifferent ways. Not only his imminent return, but people's in different ways. Look in verse number 38. Go back to verse 37. And as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, Jesus warns about people's indifferent Ways. That word indifferent means this, without interest or concern, not caring or apathetic. If there's ever been a day that we're living in that fits that description, it's the day. People don't care. People don't 
This is the rudest society. The rudest society. My mama taught me a few things growing up, and one of them was this, that when a lady, no matter if it was my wife or my children, when a lady got to a door, that I opened that door, Brother Lord, and I let that lady walk through that door. And then if there was another door past that, I let go of it, got back in front of her and opened that door and let her walk through. And that's what my wife will tell you. That's what I do. If I'm at Sheets, if I'm anywhere and there's a female, I do that no matter what they look like. Are you with me? I'm, I re- that's what my mama taught me to do. And this society today is the rudest the root, Brother Randy, look at you like you a jerk because you opened the door. You know what I really want to do? I want to break that shock off the top of it as they go through it. I'm sorry, the wind called it. You might as well holler amen. Jesus warns about this church. Preacher, are we living in the last days? Preacher, if I'm going to serve God, if I'm going to do something for the Lord, should I do it? Yes, we're living in the last days. Look at this. He warns about their indifferent ways without interest or concern, not caring, apathetic. You know what COVID has caused people to do? Not care about church. They can run everywhere. Now, everybody in here needs to say, man, because you're sitting in church. They can run everywhere else. They can do everything else, but they can't go to, I'm afraid to go to church. I've come to this conclusion. The only place you can contract COVID is at church. You can't get it nowhere else. Now you might as well holler amen and help the preacher this morning because I'm going to preach whether you say amen or not. I'm going to preach this morning. It's the truth. And I want you to hear me. If you eat out, or if you'll get something to go, you have no excuse for not coming to church. You hadn't got a clue what that person had that fixed that, if they sneezed over it, if they spit in it. You don't have a clue if they've got a feel. You might as well say amen. You know I'm telling it right. We can go everywhere else. We can do everything else. But we're not concerned about the things of God anymore. Here's the, listen listen to what the Bible says. Let me read you a verse. Let me read you a verse, Genesis chapter number 6. Listen to what the Bible said right here. This is the days of Noah. It's right before the flood. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Listen to what he said in verse number 11. The earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. The earth was filled with violence. Just a couple years ago, I never in my life thought that I'd seen a bunch of hoodlums standing in the middle of an interstate shutting it down, attacking people trying to go go up the road. Trying to go up the road. I'm not, hey, look up in here. I'm going to give you fair warning whether you're watching live feed or you sitting in this service. If I'm, I'm, I'm in my vehicle and I'm going up the road minding my own business and you come out in front of it meaning to do me harm, you better be ready to meet your maker. Yeah. 
because I promise you, uh, I know where I, I know where the gas is instead of the brake. I promise you, you ain't going to beat my windows out and harm my family. And if you do hang on the side and beat my windows out and try to get into my family, thank God for the Second Amendment and concealed carry permit. You can say amen or oh, preacher, you what? If you wouldn't stand up for your family and you wouldn't fight for your family and you wouldn't protect your family, you probably don't want to know what I think about you. I'm just being honest with you. It's the society that we're living in today. The fault of their mind is evil continuously. Continuously. It is sickening. It is sickening the things that people will do to children today. It is sickening the crimes that people commit today. Our, our society is warped. Amen. What did he say? He warns against peoples in different ways. Jesus warns us about this church. I thought about this. There's four main things that the majority of people are interested in the world today. Think about this with me. Number one's money. Money. It's the root of all evil. I thought about this. The God of America is money. It's the thing we value as a country more than anything else. It's how we evaluate who the winner and the losers are. And it's what we spend our time desperately running after. We are getting distracted uh, from more important things because we're chasing an almighty dollar. What did he want? He warns about this. He warns about their indifferent ways. They're in different ways. You've got to make a living. I understand that. But there's a lot of people give up a lot of time with their family, gives up ministry, gives up preaching, all running after a dollar. Money. Entertainment. Number two is entertainment. I'm talking about indifferent. Our society today is becoming different. Entertainment. We love our Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. We love our social media. We love our smartphones. We love being entertained. It's a society of entertainment. Matter of fact, most churches today are looking for amusement instead of amazement. I seen a, I seen, I seen a clip this week of people dancing to an ungodly song on stage at a church. And they was clapping them on. God help us in our society today. The church is still a holy place of worship. I'm not being ugly. I preached this 15 years ago when I came here. And by the grace of God, I'm not going to change from this. This is a holy place. Entertainment. This is what I found out. I've I, I done some research this week. Listen to this. Kids up to 12 years old have an average of five hours a day, five hours a day of screen time. Five, an average, 12 years old and under, of five hours a day of screen time. And it says a teenager averages nine hours of screen time a day. So, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. Parents has quit raising kids and give them a device to raise them. 
Hey, oh boy, I'm going to get in trouble. I, I didn't let nobody sit up here today so I could preach this way. Brother Ted, you're an old soul, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I'm just being honest. Brother Charlie, you're an old soul, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I'm just being honest. Well, I'm going to tell you something. When I went to the restaurant when I was a little boy, mom and daddy didn't shove a tablet in front of me. Mom and daddy made me sit there and have a conversation with them. And if I didn't like having that conversation, <laughs> daddy had a place that he took me and, and it's kind of like John said the other night, he wasn't being racial and I wasn't either, but he said that he supported BLM. Belt loops matter. My daddy had something in his belt loops and he would take it off in the bathroom. My mama would beat me going to the bathroom. It didn't matter who was there. It didn't matter what judge was there. It didn't matter if the sheriff of the county was eating with us like he did. My mama would whoop me in to adjustment. What have we done today in our society? We have allowed screens to raise our children. And when you study it out, ADHD is at an all-time high today. We have taught our kids they have to constantly be entertained when I went to church, I was taught to sit. I was taught to sit in church. And when I misbehaved, my mama took me out. My daddy didn't because my daddy was preaching. There was a few times my daddy said, Jonathan, now. And you know what that meant? That meant, Brother Tim, that I had to get up from where I was sitting at and walk to the platform and sit on the platform in front of 600 people while daddy preached. You say, I wouldn't have done that. Bless God, you'd have done it if, if your daddy was like my daddy. Because if you hadn't of, my daddy would have walked back there with that great big left hand and reached over the pews and yanked me right up on the platform and dared me to say something about it. You say, your daddy was mean. I agree 100% with you. <laughs> They'd put him in prison. The last time my daddy whooped me, Matthew, I was 15 years old and I run away. I went across the road. And he come got me and he took his belt off and beat the, the devil out of me. It lasted about 20 minutes and he was back in me. He whooped the far out of me. And then this is what he said when he got done. He said, now you close enough being a man, you do anything stupid again, I'll fight you like, I'll just whoop you like a man. And to this day, I still am scared of him. Now we may go on with a bunch. Let me tell you what happened. My mom and daddy raised me, not a device. My mom and daddy taught me to respect others. And in our society today, it's a society of entertainment. It's, we got to have something all the time. We got to have something all the time. We just can't sit on the front porch with a cup of coffee and a chew of red man. We've got to have something entertaining us all the time. He warns, he warns about an indifferent people. Uh, what are we? We're running for money. We're running for entertainment. We're running for fame. Many today long more than anything else to find fame. 
that's considered the most important thing in our society today. It may be getting a TikTok famous or just having a Twitter post go viral. In so doing, though we are basing our life's value on a fleeting approval of other people, we are getting distracted from more important things. Oh, I'm going to do this, and boy, I'm going to hit it big, and, 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 I, I, and the whole time there's a world dying and going to hell. There's things that need to be done in the service of God. We base it off money, entertainment. We base it off politics, and I'm about done preaching, but I did use the P word. We base it off politics. Many today find their identity and purpose in political arguing. While certainly politics have some importance, many Christians today seem to put ultimate value on it. We are getting distracted from more important things. I believe in voting. I, I practice my right to vote. I'm so excited that Madeline's fixing to register to vote and is fixing to vote for the first time. You say, well, I don't vote. Well, I pray for you. Don't you complain about what's happening in our country today if you didn't vote. And don't you, don't you, I'm not going to call no names, but don't you complain if you thought we was going to build back better and that's the way you voted. Don't complain about what's happening in our country today. I'll just say this, I ain't seen nobody wearing a hat that says that. I'm sorry. I'm being honest. It's, it's sad. It's sad. We base everything off of money, entertainment, fame, and politics. And the whole time we're chasing the almighty daughter, daughter our kids are growing up and we're missing out on that. People's dying and going to hell. We're missing out on that. We're chasing fame. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I'm going to hit it big in this. I'm going to hit it big in that. And the whole time, we're missing what God placed us here to do. Jesus comes starts playing softly. <laughs> they need some hope that this is about over. Jesus warns, warns of his imminent return. Jesus warns of peoples in different ways. In different ways. They've just simply allowed their interest and concern to be put somewhere else. Jesus warns about, I want you to hear me, I've preached all morning to get here and I'm not going to spend hardly any time on it. Jesus warns of an inescapable wrath. The Bible said this in verse number 39, And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Noah, and this is what I'm going to preach on tonight, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Noah was a, was a God-called, God-fearing, wild man preacher. He's a preacher of righteousness. Noah told the people judgment was coming. Nobody listened to Noah. Nobody listened to Noah. I'm going to do something I've never done. I'm going to preach out of... Uh, uh, of, of Genesis 6, Matthew 24, and Acts 27 tonight. Paul warned the men that day not to get on the boat. Paul, here's what we say so many times in our society. Here is the world's mentality. Bless God, they don't nobody know God's will for my life but me. I disagree with that. 
Paul knew God's will for those men right there. And God's will was for them not to do what they did. And Paul warned about that in the book of Acts. I'll show it to you tonight. Paul warns about that. He says, you better, you better reconsider what you're fixing to do. No, we sailing, man. And they did right into the storm of their life and everything they had was demolished because of it. Noah said, listen, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. You better get on the boat. Judgment's coming. You know what the people did? They wouldn't listen to Noah. Noah's crazy. Noah don't know nothing. Noah thinks he's one of them preachers that knows everything. Noah's crazy, man. But you know what? That day when Noah got on the boat and God closed the door and the rain started falling that they had never seen before, something they had never seen, when the rain started falling and the creek started rising and the rivers started getting out of the banks and the ponds started getting out of the banks and the oceans started getting out of the banks and all of a sudden, their houses was flooded. All of a sudden, they were swimming. You know what they was doing then? Noah, Noah, let us in the boat, man. Noah, open the door. Noah, you was right. But God had closed the door. I want you to hear me this morning. Judgment on America will come. It's probably already started. God will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah if he don't judge America for its ways. Let me say that again. God will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah if he don't judge America for his ways because that's where we're at. Our society today, wrong's right and right's wrong. Me preaching is hate. It's a hate crime. It's a, I want you to hear me. I love everybody, but I don't love their sin. There's some people that I know that is acquaintances of mine that I talk to on a regular basis that lives a different lifestyle than I live, that lives a different lifestyle contrary to the Word of God. They was not born that way. They made a choice themselves. And I still love them. My wife will tell you that. I still love them. I still love, I love their sin, but I love them. And when a person loves somebody, they tell them the truth. There's every once in a while, Brother Robert, that I'll go into the closet and I'll get me a suit out and I'll get me a shirt out and then I'll go over to one of two tie racks and, and I'll, I'll look through 937 neckties it seems like and I'll get one out and I'll take it over there and Cassie I'll lay it down and I'll think boy that's going to look good right there and Leslie will walk through the bedroom and she'll go Jonathan what you ain't going to wear that are you no I just laid it out I was going to make sure your eyes still worked right that don't matter to me honey I was just making sure you're still all right. <laughs> you hear me? Boy, I go back in there and I'm like, Whew. thank God for a good wife. You know what she done, Brother Josh? She told me the truth. She did. She don't hate me. She cared about me. 
She knew if I walked up in here looking like that, some of y'all were going to be looking at her like, what's wrong with you, woman? Can't you match that, man? Are you with me? She's not because she loved me. Let me tell you the reason the preacher preaches judgment's coming is because he loves you. Let me tell you the reason the preacher preaches there's a hell to shun. There's a heaven to gain because he loves you. Let me tell you the reason every once in a while the preacher stands up and preaches in the anointing of the Holy Ghost of God and walks right down your aisle and gets right where you're sitting at and it feels like that. He reads your mail and slaps you in the face three times. It's not because of him. It's because he laid awake begging God to preach through him and it was God that was doing it through him because he loved you. I've said this a million times. There's a lot of things that the mailman drops off down there in the, po- in, in, in the mailbox that I don't like. If you like getting bills, well, uh, let me know your address, baby, and I will forward you some more. And I found this out. You can write RTS, return to sender, address unknown, on them, and they'll come right back. but it ain't the postmaster's fault that he's dropping it off. He's just dropping off what he was told to do. And sometimes a preacher will come down your way. He just drops off the mail that the postmaster gave him over at the post office to bring by. I'm telling you, judgment's coming. If we've ever done anything for God, we better do it. If you're sitting here this morning and you're lost, you better get saved. I'm telling you, the, the imminent return of the Lord is at hand. I showed you right there out of the Bible. It's on us. Everything that he says, look around. Look around. It's here. It's here. I, Brother Matt, I, I'm right now done. I never in a million years thought that I'd go to the grocery store and there not be groceries on the shelf in America. I never thought that. You said, preacher, do you think you'll make it? I don't think I'll make it. I know I'll make it. God take care of me. I still got a few guns in the safe. I still know how to hunt and run a trot line. I feed my family. Are you hearing me? I take care of my family. We're living in a day that the coming of the Lord is at hand.